brother actually sent me this song this week, and he was like, oh, this reminds me of something from our childhood. And uh, it's like some song on a TV show, and I immediately knew. I was like, oh, I know exactly what this is. There's a TV show when I was young called In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> and it would be this really... Uh, they would always do like creepy stuff, like Stonehenge, yeah, like, you know, like any Bigfoot. Yeah, like Bigfoot, and my and my dad and I, and we would watch it. And I was always like a little bit creeped out, and the music was really kind of like put me on edge. And so this one's for my brother Axel. Now, uh, it's actually a pretty cool video too. Uh, now I'm going to show you guys a picture now as part of our show, and I would like you to free associate on it. So just to be clear, free association is not description. You're not describing this picture. You're loosening your brain up. This is a necessary part of our process. <laughs> Meanwhile, Waylon looks like he's about to join the Jeopardy. <laughs> he's like got a buzzer. Like he's like all tight. No, no, you're supposed to be really loose, Waylon, not tight. <laughs> I was uh, slouching so much before, though. Oh uh, like, yeah, now yeah. I'm, like, well, no, no. Now, now that it feels competitive, Waylon's involved. Okay, in three, two, one, free associate. Uh, strawberry rhubarb pie <laughs> in Harry. Athens. Uh, <laughs> Robin, Harry, and the Hendersons. And <laughs> Harry, Harry spoken the doobie. Oh, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's a cigarette, but I'm not glad that you free associate on that. I'm not going to comment any anything beyond that. Um, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Um, all right, guys. So we're back, and I just want to remind you guys that the number is four one three five four five three six nine one. If you want to talk about the consolidation of power and how the progressive left has changed its um, attitude about power over time. Uh, 413-545-3691 is the number. 413-545-3691 if you want to talk to us here on WMUA Amherst. And the article is at thefreeassociates.us. Okay, so we spoke a little bit during the break about what we should try to tackle moving forward. Now, uh, Waylon, you had an interesting question, which is, should we have another Robert Moses? Or are we willing to... Are we willing to... Relinquish that kind of tribal micropowers micropowers for for our macro power who can move he or she can move us forward in ways that we actually probably need to someone's there's got to be somebody who's anticipating right that's the that's the privilege of power is that it anticipates what we might need 30 60 120 years down the road not just right now what do you guys think because i'm going to go ahead and say yes to that what i'm going to say is it's scary. So it's scary to think that there's going to be someone who would be able to do that. It almost feels impossible right now okay. that someone would be able to do it. But I think that for progress to be made, we probably need someone who can do that or or at least more than one person who can do it. Now, is it impossible or is it already happening? That is to say the super rich seem to be doing it anyway, right? But I was thinking more about the good of the people, not right. the good of... So, for the future of the good of the people. But what you're saying is that it's scary, the idea of someone doing it. I'm saying it's already happening. It's just not happening for the good of the general people. I would say that it's happening in, in ways that are forgiven because of economic reasons, primarily. You look at Uber and what happened. They absolutely decimated the medallion system of... Yep. of Yellow cabs oh, in New, New York. York City. Nice New yeah, York look City. At that. Yeah. Huh? Let me ask you, Waylon. Do you know? Do you know how much those medallions went for? No. 
Uh, they million? were they were well wow. they were closing in on it. I think it was six seven hundred thousand, wow. and now they're worth one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, Pe- I mean people got mortgages on them, and they mortgaged their house for that metal thing on the hood yeah. that allows you to pick up passengers. Yeah. So keep going with that. Well, so I'm glad to hear you turned against Uber because two months ago I was talking about this. But is that turning against? Turned against yeah, it? I don't think I'm so. I think that that's. I don't Screw think the yellow cabs. Really, all yeah. those people, all those the sixty thousand lives ruined. First off, the guy there's mm-hmm. one guy that owns a monopoly on all these things, so he's like a he was this multi billionaire. No, regular people who but, have mental yeah, there's there's going to be there's going to be casualties in any mm. part of this progress. Let's just get that out of the way. But eventually, what is that going to do? So if you're if you're worried about the person that mortgaged that yellow cab, what about the person that is gaining an economic um, gaining economic okay. by having a the economy is, of that. What if you're that person? Yeah, yeah. Well, then, yeah. Tough he, luck. Here's the go, thing. No, no, no. Here's in, the thing. We live in America. Uh, the go, reason go I drive the, for an Uber. The reason I have Make you money back. The reason I have you on this radio <laughs> show is that you're my globalist punching bag. <laughs> you're my Silicon Valley punching bag because you definitely toe the line. Here's what I see, and just follow me for a second. There are going to be massive changes coming up if climate changes anything. Just even half of what they say it is. So, uh, what I visualize is a power that's consolidated enough that can compensate people whose lives have to be uprooted really immediately. If we have to banish the plastic bag industry, like with a stroke of a pen, we or just the plastic said, industry. Yes, with a stroke of a pen, yeah. we the president signs, uh, he or she signs away the plastics industry. That will not be tenable unless the government can step in and and compensate. The areas of this country that produce plastics, it's just not going to work. It requires compensation. And the Uber thing is an example of that. But an interesting little experiment in this was Baker banning vaping. Like, think about that. Just total decree on banning vaping for X amount of months. Like, we need more of that. It's like, okay, let's hold the phone on. You know what the conspiracy theory is on that, right? Is is that that... Vaping is actually one of the few parts of the economy where small businesses have been able to get a toehold. I mean, really, think about it. The vaping shop. You keep saying too bad. Because, why do we forget? (laughs) Why are we thinking... You just got to go back to this kind of totalitarian... Your van's going to get towed today, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but seriously. Why say too bad? Why not just say, okay... Because people are dying because of these businesses. Because of cabs? Because no, because of the vaping industry. Well, you're, yeah. And we have no, we have no data, and we just totally let this just go through. Like, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I, okay. I totally support, and this plays right into what we're talking about. That's a Moses move, of mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, we're not doing this. Okay. So I would say Baker's much more of a technocrat than oh, yeah. um, I would say. And he doesn't have a lot of like, power. He has yeah, power, but be, it's not yeah. it's not unchecked power for sure. This is out of character, but we need more of that. Like that 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 was okay. a head turner. But why would you, Waylon? Again, I I find you painting yourself into a corner, <laughs> which you are uncomfortable. And I'm so I'm glad. all over the place in this too. No, no, no. I'm so glad that you're in that I corner. Just take very absolutely. Because then on what I do is so I like, I come and rescue you out of that corner because. Again, I often find that you say things that are really contrary to your nature. Like, I actually think what I'm saying would really appeal to your nature, which is if massive change needs to be affected, and unless you want, like, massive resistance, you have to find a way to compensate people who are marooned by that change. I don't, 
And that's like a, a problem of governance. That's where governance steps in and says, listen, we're banning plastics, but you know the whole northwest of South Carolina relies on the plastic industry. What are we actually going to do about this? Or else you get elections you don't like that overturn the things that you did with a pen, and then another pen comes along and overturns what you did. And that goes along with having Ooh. government... <laughs> actually affecting positive change. Yes. And I think and that, keeping it. And keeping it. And I think what it is, and I think for a lot of people who maybe are disillusioned with government, is that they haven't felt the positive change of government or the positive arm of government. You know, when you actually see government benefiting you, then you can actually feel like you have a voice or you want to have a voice in government. And I think that that's really important. And I'll, I'll be honest, Bloomberg, for me, was one of those uh, moments. Yeah. So for Bloom, when I lived in New York City under Bloomberg's uh, rule... Three terms. Three terms. One too many. One too many. Probably <laughs> always, yeah. Um, I would say that I felt, I felt, a, I felt a positive impact from government smoking ban that was huge that was like a it was a game changer Mm -hmm. i was in my 20s going to fun places where people smoked and wherever you went and people smoked and it was come home smelling like smoke yeah so it was awesome when the smoking ban happened and a lot of people stopped smoking at that point because people who were social smokers yes and then this it, is something you probably never experienced. Well, uh, I'm going to give you a chance to cry into your pillow for the for Marlboro and all the the tobacco companies over here. Oh no, the the, the bodega selling cigarettes is gonna it's gonna lose out on cigarettes because of this ban. Well, it's interesting that you mention it because um, in that <laughs> book I do cry over this. I, in that book, The Unwinding, that George Packer book, he talks about the tobacco. Uh, farmers, actually. Like, I'd be more concerned about the tobacco farmers. I'd I'd be concerned about anybody. The thing is, is that political power rests on legitimacy. You gain legitimacy by serving as many people as you possibly can. You can't do change and keep change. Because making change is like losing weight. You can lose weight, but can you keep it off? You know? Well, that's what Obama found out. Found out, yeah. yeah. Right, and that's that so was. So has Obama gained some weight? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he's saying that he. I heard recently Shredded. that Obama feels like he's not in touch with the electorate. Like the people around oh, yeah. him are saying that he thinks that he's just doesn't understand what's going on, particularly. And I think that's a good amount of humility um, that he thinks that because I think that's probably true. But what I'm saying, Waylon, is is that if you really want change, then you will take care of the people who lose. If you can't take care of the people who are losing, they will come back to haunt you. And Unless so, it's a minuscule amount of people. Okay. It's, but it often is I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that is kind of pragmatic. I'm not saying that is like it's right. But if it's, just, it's, a, if it's a small amount, it's like mm-hmm. how many, like the vaping ban, how many small business owners in the vaping world are losing out? Okay, but there's other things hundred. you should. Okay, there's other things that you should factor in, though. I think reasonably, which is that small business has been destroyed across the country, and that it became a beacon of small business. Now, here's the thing. But is that right, though? I mean, is that the way that we want to solve our small business problem? Okay, by loading people up with with harmful chemicals in vape mm-hmm. form. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I don't have any sympathy for that. 
Like that's a that's that was a calculated risk, just like okay. a, a recreational weed is a calculated risk. Okay, well, I that's, voted for that's it. A but fear. Go that's ahead. a like, that's a really get fair. audited by the feds. That's and, a like, really that's going to happen. That's a really fair comment. And then I'm going to p- push it back to you and ask you to deal with that small business problem in another way, which I think you're very capable yeah. of doing. So I think the issue partly is, and you can even use global warming as the example, is we does it really affect? us we're so lucky we are a very lucky group of three people and many people in this valley we're very lucky that things aren't it, it doesn't affect us. things aren't even you know trump being president doesn't affect us like it might affect people in other areas and uh the even global warming doesn't affect us it right doesn't now affect us yet. yet the way so we're you're saying small businesses you know who cares or not who cares but in a way <laughs> I actually cares. think that's yeah, what he said there are a lot of words right. you put in my who mouth cares? too I think too bad was you're the too word. bad too bad <laughs> too and bad. the thing is you're saying that but that you know that's not your mother that's not your father that's not your you know the, the person with the medallion um, in New York City the taxi cab that's not your uncle that's not your aunt that's not your brother that's not your sister so you're kind of speaking for these people and saying who cares because it doesn't affect you yet but that doesn't mean it won't affect you at that some is, point that is an issue but that is with the erosion of control then it, it's you're, you're, you, it's coming for you next you know climate change is going to hit Florida well, well before it's going to hit us but it's almost a shame that it doesn't affect us more because it's better to have your karma quick because then you can make changes, right? My main concern about global warming, in fact, is that people can't feel it. And because they can't feel it, then action, that's the concern, is that action doesn't happen because people aren't scared and kind of running. People are best when they're running for their lives. I mean, they can be really do wonderful things when it's, a, when it's required. And that might, going back to the article, you know, Penn Station still works. You might not want to sit on the chairs. You might... Your only place to eat is the pretzel, Annie's Pretzel Company. Mm, so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it does good. smell good. <laughs> and, um, but there's... And, you know, you're... You know, you don't want to use the bathrooms. <laughs> I, can I just say on a side note that I thrived at Penn Station because I became a genius at figuring out when the Boston train would come in and on what track it would come in on. And then I got really good at getting down on the track before anyone else was on the track. Like, I got so good at gaming Penn Station. I would, like, ask people coming out of the staircase, where are you coming from? Where are you coming from? I'm coming from Baltimore. I know that's my train. I'd sneak around the other side and go down the track. So I have some affection for Penn Station. But, yes, you're right. You guys haven't answered the question yet. I'm willing to let Robert, Robert Moses into my heart again. Are you guys willing to let a Robert Moses happen again? My thing is, th- my, th- my thing is this: we need more Robert Moseses, but we need them. Just one. But when we think about where we need them, immediately yeah. our mind is taken to presidency and in, in these. No, top, I don't think it would be in the presidency. No, but yeah, exactly. You need small, small. No, it won't work then. No, it does. No, you. Need- That's where you affect change. I, I'm sorry. Like on yeah. the on a regional, like on a municipal level, just give the. Uh, what is the guy's name in uh, Northampton? Wayne Fiden. He has this. He's the planning, drawing, planning a, drawing a massive blank. Dude there. gets stuff done. Yeah, dude gets stuff done all the time. Why? Because he's kind of like this Robert Moses thing, and there's a whole bunch of agreeable parties, and like there's a similar mindset and all this stuff. You do that in your own little sector of each of each place, and you're good. 
You're good. Just small climate towns. change resolves small itself town. because if everybody if everybody starts doing this, the plastic band bag, which Hadley's done, which Northampton's done, Amherst has done, then we're good. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead, Robin. Hello, for your associates. How do we I'm, deal with this, Waylon? I don't. I think you know the small oh, yeah. local level. That's great, but that's not what this article is about, and that's not really what the question. I don't think that answers the, the 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 question. You know, we can all do something. Yes, we can all do something, and we're we all are doing something. You know, if I asked any person about global warming, what you're doing, everyone's doing something. You know, Ooh, yeah. that I would think most people are. Okay, we but, actually have a live okay. fish on the line, but it's not enough. I think we need yeah, a bigger scale. Don't don't hang up the phone. Just keep it on the side. Actually, let's just. Tap that in. Are you with us? Actually, actually, hang up the phone. Okay. And then see if that works. Hey, how you doing? Are you with us? Hey, I'm with you. How oh, are you? Oh, good. I'm really good. So, what would you like to contribute here? We're happy to have you on the Free Associates. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I, I've been listening for the, lo- the last 40 minutes. Very interesting. Thank I'm you. getting my car inspected and oh, happy this afternoon. <laughs> You're in our range. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my question for you is with regard to your experience in New York City. Yeah. I'm wondering if either of the people on the panel believe that a city such as New York City can evoke a type of Stockholm syndrome on its inhabitants, which carries with them even after they leave the city, and wait, so what is that it? they can only relate to the world through <laughs> the experience of being captive by such an inhospitable place. I, I, I have a similar experience. Is that right? I, I do. So you see, Hadley, you're sitting getting your car inspected in Hadley, and how is that? How is your New York lens affecting you? Well, I, I've never lived in New York, and, and oh, okay. to be honest, I never really wanted. to. No, no, I get it. I'm with you on but that. But it's a di- it's a different city that that I've kind of grown grown addicted to. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me, no, I do not have Stockholm Syndrome. I remember when I moved to Northampton and I went into Stop and Shop and uh, the, for the very first time and I could actually move my cart and the place didn't smell like cat pee. Yes. And uh, <laughs> someone bagged my groceries. I actually start a tear. Rolled, a tear one tear. Right. <laughs> and I said, thank you. Thank you so much. Because yeah. I was so happy to not be in my cat pee grocery store anymore. But... I would say that though I don't have Stockholm syndrome, I do appreciate the time I lived there. Yeah, but you know, I think it's a really actually a, a valid question because, and I get where you're coming from. I think, which is that mm. New Yorkers can never really leave New York. And then oh, absolutely! Else, everyone LCD else has to hear about him. Oh, New York, I, I, I love know that you, guy. but you're bringing me down. Uh, That's what that it is. <laughs> Why this, would you stay there if it's bringing you down? Well, okay, so, and I actually think it goes to the conversation because New York takes a lot of bandwidth from the rest of the country. And New Yorkers just think that the rest of the country is there to serve as an audience for their, whatever they're doing. I couldn't agree more. And I think that there's cultural risks in having that much cultural power. Consolidation. Yes. And the same thing is happening right now with streaming services. Everyone is being exposed to one lens. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And we want to do... Uh, self-selecting episode. You know, these algorithms that run that basically send you the stuff that you're already watching and start isolating you more and more. I really agree with you. And I have to say that having left New York, I realize actually how small it is. Like, that's my experience. I miss New Yorkers a little bit, but I don't miss the city. And 
I used to think that I was at the center of the universe. Now I'm pretty sure that that's not the center of the universe. <laughs> the universe doesn't have a center. <laughs> or if, if it does, right. it's New York it's City some... or you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, listen, I'm the center of my universe, definitely, <laughs> except for my kids. Hey, thanks for calling. That's a great yeah, question. I really appreciate great. it. I, I appreciate it. Let me share with you the city that gave me Stockholm Syndrome, yes. and then I'm going to let it? you go. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Hanoi, Vietnam. Huh? Oh. Interesting. Cool. And what years? Uh, about I got home about three years ago. Okay. Huh? And why did it? What was it about it? Uh, there were no rules. It was completely lawless. Um, but also at the same time, it was a place that took up the same bandwidth in my life, in which you could really only talk about the craziness with what with, yeah. what was happening around you at all given moments. <laughs> that it became a complete lens through which you see the world. Yeah, yeah. That's and and do you miss that having that lens, or do you still have it? You're saying, um, I miss it in the way that I miss smoking cigarettes. Right. <laughs> you don't actually want to smoke again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I totally get it. All right. Well, thanks so much for calling. Yeah, and call us again. All right. We'll do. Bye right. now. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's actually um, an interesting way of seeing things. And New York does take up a ton of energy uh, from the world, basically. Now, we are going to end a little bit early today because I have a Christmas show to go to with my kids and my wife. I'm going to go see Grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we start a little early, and we're going to end a little bit early. But what we do at the end of every episode is we talk about what's on our plate. Like what's coming up for us this weekend or what's coming up for us this week. Waylon, what's, what are you doing besides getting more patches on your jacket? Drinking some bush lights. I had to take the GREs yesterday, so I'm entirely sapped intellectually. But so it doesn't take I just much. Dumb, dumb down my life for a little bit. Yeah, well, with that and the radio show, you're pretty much done. <laughs> yeah, it's time to play Halo. Your homework for me. It's time, time to play oh Halo. The finals are over. That's good. Do you think? Do you think you did good exam. on the GRE? No, I got. Oh, really? I'm middle of the road, and that's all I want to get. Okay. I don't want to study for the thing. Yeah, you're more of an in-person kind of person. Yeah. You're I not mean, a written page person. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin, what's up for you? For the, either this weekend or this week? Well, this weekend I have some events with my parents. They're in town from Ohio. Okay. So we're going to do some stuff with my kids, and hopefully I'm going to relax at home while my child takes a nap, and I'm going to take a nap. Yeah, right. Good luck. See, this is something we just doesn't Just add understand. a couple of bush lights to that, and you're all <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, folks, uh, I am going to go see my mom with my beautiful children, my beautiful wife, and we're going to watch a Christmas show. And actually, interestingly, going back to my hometown, I haven't actually been to Concord, Mass. in a little while. Oh, cool. Speaking of consolidated wealth and stuff like that, it's a very expensive town, so I'd be curious what downtown looks like. It's really been some years. We're so grateful to have this platform on WMUA Amherst, and we want to remind you that our readings are in the free associates.us and that we are podcasted everywhere that you could possibly get a podcast both Barbarian in the Valley and the Free Associates we love the conversation and we love the ability to chase down ideas and we'll be back again next week bye bye